Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves. Sherry's out, he had a thousand tails. But master, you in luck, cause up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now. Some heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch to dance. Job you and house, all you gotta do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Lancer, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> Hey guys. Good day. Yeah, sorta. Of. <laughs> sort of. We don't we don't take any joy in doing this one. No. Not at all. As we are all fully aware, uh Robin Williams took his own life yesterday. Yeah. At the age of sixty-three. I it's this this is a loss that I've seen really reverberate across the internet. This one's really hit the internet hard. And we're no different. Right. I think uh, I was actually in uh, near Branson yesterday. I was at Lambert, so I was messaging you. And you uh, just messaged with, oh, 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 I almost fell for a hoax. And then it turns out I didn't. It turns out this one was all too real. Yeah, and I, you know, I had to look it up, too. I think both of us were just disbelief. I think... A lot of people. Yeah. This can't be happening. I mean, I know a lot of people were really hit by it. A lot of people were like, please don't don't let this be true. Right. Sadly it is. Yeah. This morning we're we're looking back on uh one of the most legendary careers of his day. Yeah. Because, you know, as we discussed on the trailer cast, you know, he did uh not only comedic roles, but a lot of dramatic roles as well. He was an Oscar-winning actor. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he was extremely good. When they say that an actor is one of a kind, this is what they mean. There was nobody like Robin Williams, and there never will be. Williams could go to the most extremes. He could be the most loud, over-the-top presence you could see on screen, and he could be the quietest, stillest figure on screen. His range was that good, and... What was amazing was he would be on these two extremes, and he would be brilliant at both extremes. You know, I mentioned his Oscar win. Um, at some point soon, you will hear my thoughts on Goodwill Hunting uh, at a little bit more length, but I never hesitate to discuss this film. It's one of my favorites, and Williams correctly won the Oscar for that, um, for performance that is just, it's incredible. It's, there's still a dose of humor because that is such a funny film Mm -hmm. but he really does a very powerful job in the film as a a guy who's he understands the he understands will and uh there's a lot of power to his performance so i mean that's that's absolutely one of my favorites that he's ever done i haven't seen in quite a while but his performance is memorable in it. He, he, he did a lot of serious work. Um, honestly, my first memories of the guy, I was asked this yesterday, um, and it wasn't the film that I remembered, but it was the soundtrack. My mother had the soundtrack to Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> nice. And what was so great about it was that there were extensive excerpts from his performance in the soundtrack. And they were really, I mean, that was something that I grew up listening to. I suspect there's going to be a big run on that soundtrack. I've seen a lot of people mention that. Um, that's not a film that I've seen, I have to concede. But it was certainly a, you know, I remember that. 
Yeah. Uh, I think my first memory of him, bizarrely enough, is Mark and Mindy. Oh, yeah, because that was on yeah. uh, Nick at Night. It was on was... Nick at Night, exactly. Yeah, I uh, watched that. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was great in that. It was funny. But my, I think my first filmic memory of his is definitely Hook. I think that was it for a lot of our generation. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, that's, that's one that's, its reputation has gotten better over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it a perfect movie? No, but it's, it's, it's very entertaining. It's held up surprisingly well. Yeah, it, it really has. And God, it does have some touching moments in there. It does. It does. Spielberg directing Williams had to get, had to yield some. Yeah. I mean, you just had to see if that was going to come. Um, yeah. And um, and I don't hesitate to say Williams is like I can't I can't imagine any other actor in that space. No. He was he was perfectly cast as an adult Peter Pan. Um, right. Sadly, uh, there was a really touching video posted yesterday by uh, Dante uh, Bosco who played uh, Rufio in it. Oh yeah. Uh, the uh, and who, for the unaware, has gone on to have one hell of a voice acting career. Oh, nice. You know, he was uh, Zuko in Avatar. Oh, no, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he, he's gone on to have one hell of a career. Uh, Sweet. Just very quietly. But he posted a really touching video yesterday, just paying homage to uh, a man he really respected. We shall repost it on the blog. Yeah. It's 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 poignant stuff. Um, I mean, for me, as I said, Good Morning Vietnam, uh, the soundtrack was one I remember. I you have to talk about we have to talk about Aladdin. I mean, Aladdin, yeah. We're gonna talk more about Aladdin at year's end. I'm just gonna say we're gonna talk more about that at year's end. So I'm not gonna say too much, but the fact that Williams wasn't nominated for an Oscar for his voice acting work. The fact that they don't give Oscar nominations for voice acting is criminal. Yeah. With the exception of her. No, they didn't even give it for that. They didn't? Uh... Which, which hurts because that's the best performance Johansson has given. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tremendous work. But no, uh, yeah, Williams, his work in Aladdin, a lot of people have touched on it. Of course, we did too to kick this off. Yeah, that was quite possibly my favorite film of a uh, Disney film of that era and uh, he's most of that he just gives this performance that's so it, it, again it's one of a kind nobody else could replicate it um, I think it's telling that for the animated series and the first sequel uh, Dan Castellaneta who is a Homer. voice actor yeah Homer exactly a guy who's no slouch in this department Tried his best and couldn't quite get it. Right. I think he's better than he's given credit for, but he couldn't quite touch Williams. Um, yeah, there's there's a Disney trivia game uh, that's hosted by the genie. Uh, the Game Grumps did an episode on it, and all they could all they could comment on throughout the whole thing is, "Oh, thanks, not Robin Williams." Exactly. Uh, Williams was so iconic in that part, um, and. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things to describe what Williams did in it. That was, of course, the movie that really kicked off the trend of voice celebrity voice acting. Yeah. In animated movies, which I have some thoughts on. Uh, yeah. Not entirely positive, but 
this performance was just one of a kind. It was so it, it felt like Williams belonged in animation. He he fit animation. What's funny is um, he then almost uh, I'm trying to think was it the same year? Yeah, I think it was the same year. That wasn't his only animated film he did in that uh, span. At least around that time, um, I'm trying to remember when Fern Gully came out. I think it was 92. I don't think too much of that film overall, but he was great in that. Yeah, he worked with what he had. As a whole, that movie is just way too leaden. If you want to hear Robin Williams rap, there you go. Yeah. But, you know, of course, 93 brought Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Which, oh, that's one that a lot of people have been touching on for great reason. He was actually filming the sequel, uh, and well... Well, they're not filming, it was in talks to happen. It was in talks, okay, so... Okay. Yeah, they can't do it now. No, they shouldn't. No. I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire was one that really... It's been brought up a lot, as it should be. It's one of his best dramatic performances, in addition to one of his best comedic performances. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that to see an actor be that funny and that serious in the same film really shows you what what they've got to work with. Famously, he and Sally Field actually fought for a change for that film that made it better, uh, which was the yeah the original ending had the parents getting back together and Williams and Field, who had both been through divorces themselves, said no. No. Yeah, I could see how that would. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, to me, that that film was just, it, it holds up. It, it holds up tremendously. I, I don't know what else to say about it beyond it's a great film. I haven't seen it in quite a while. I should probably give it a revisit. It's, I think it's one of the first movies in which I ever saw a gay couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Harvey Firestein, no less, played half of it, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, and that was something that that's an interesting theme that if you look at William's career runs throughout it, that he's done a lot of uh, GLBTQ friendly films. Uh, yes. Pretty healthy amount, actually. Um, the Birdcage. The Birdcage. Yeah. Where he did a very respectful job. Of, that was a that was a film where he was actually playing the straight man. <laughs> yes, I, I said that. That was the. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah, he was yeah. playing. Uh, he was playing uh, the straight man to Nathan Lane's uh, more cartoonish performance, mm-hmm. um, and did a phenomenal job there. He was, uh, you know, he really he was quite touching. Uh, there's a really beautiful monologue that he has at the end where he's convincing Lane of how much he cares about him, and that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, that, yeah. that that's a good one. Um, uh, he also did a film that I need to watch, uh, The Night Listener, based on the uh, book by Armistead Maupin, which I love that book. I don't know why I haven't seen the movie. I love the book, but uh, and that's, that's one that's based on a very true story, so I'm, I need to watch it. Yeah. He, of course, did something I, when I saw in theaters, What Dreams May Come, which is a great film. You know, we, 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 we mocked the trilogy of death. The truth is, a healthy amount of those films are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I have my issues with Bicentennial Man, but there are some good things about it. And What Dreams May Come, even though it's not a very good adaptation of the Richard Matheson book, it is a good film. I mean, it's well worth watching. It's beautiful to look at. Oh, yeah. It's oh, just yeah. gorgeous. And, and Williams is good in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the same year he did uh, Patch Adams. 
which uh, I guess is not a very good portrayal of the real guy. No. But, you know, Robin Williams did way good with it. It's not a film that I'm all that high on, but he's good. I mean, again, that's the thing. Williams, let's face it, did a healthy amount of duds. Yeah, yeah. But he was always good in them. Yeah, he was always he was always Robin Williams. Um, you know, it's interesting. One of his duds that um, Amanda brought up this morning, and I wanted to be sure to note, was uh, "Death to Smoochie," which yeah is actually pretty good. That's why I still haven't seen that. I kind of want to. It's actually pretty funny. It's it's dark. It's it's 2002 was a really dark year for Williams. If you uh, look at the films that he made that year, that was the year of. Um, Let's see, what was it? It was uh, Death to Smoochie, Insomnia, and... Yeah, I uh, did not know he was in a Christopher Nolan film. Yes, um, he was in a Christopher Nolan film as a murderer. Wow. Yeah, he played a murderer in the film. And he goes toe-to-toe with Al Pacino. And one-hour photo. And one-hour photo, which, yeah, every time that one gets brought up, it, the reaction is, ugh, weird. It, it is. It's, 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 that's, that's not an easy set. Um... There, there was a real darkness to William, sadly, as we're all having to confront this morning. Um, I, think that, I think that really fueled a lot of his performances. A, a, a lot of even his most comedic performances, there was this very raw desperation to these characters. He was not an actor who held back on his emotions. There was, there was no distance. And I think that's why, I think that's why we're, we all connect so much to his performances is because there was no, there was no barrier there. He put it all out there. Yeah, he, he, he was raw. I have to ask, uh, have you seen his, uh, have you seen any of his stand-up? I have. I've listened to, um, uh, back in the days of Napster, which I think we have talked about, um, yeah, I used to, I used to download his, uh, his performances and. I, I hate to say this because it's really one of the only ones I remember, but his bit on cocaine was hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I'm probably going to put that on today. I'm probably going to put on uh, his live on Broadway today. Um, yeah. Williams was a stand-up of extraordinary gifts. Yeah. He's um, hyperactive. He's very blue. Uh, he's hilarious. It's, it's, it's something to behold. It is. It is. I mean, I, I've been trying to think about what I would be listening today and to today, and I feel like that's the one that sounds most right. Uh, yeah. His stand-up was great. Um, I mean, I have to ask if there were any performances that he did that you feel like, I mean, we've covered a lot of the big ones, uh, the, the ones that he was best known for. Mm-hmm. Were there any performances he did that you felt didn't get the attention they deserved? Because I'm going to address one that I've debated if I wanted to bring it up, and I do ultimately feel like bringing it up because... It deserves to be seen, even if it's probably going to make a lot of people uncomfortable right at this moment. World's Greatest Dad is a really strong film. Um, the subject matter is probably a little unwatchable for people right now. So my advice is probably put this one off until a moment where it's not going to have the eerie echoes that it has, because it is about how we grieve and how we mourn. But he gives a performance in it that's just really incredible. Uh, for a film he wasn't actually supposed to be in, really. Even though the subject matter is probably a little too close to home right now, I recommend everybody keep this one in the 2C list at some point because it is a brilliant film. It is, it is really something amazing. And I, I realize I'm pulling out the hyperbole there, but it's one that really stayed with me. 
and haunted me. And it's it's one that needs to be seen more. It's not pleasant, it's not fun, and it's not going to make you feel good. So yeah, I'd probably stick to Aladdin and Mrs. Doubtfire right now, but keep it in the back pocket. One that I don't think that a lot of people talk about, but it's a really good performance, is one that I was watching uh, just before just before sitting down to record, The Fisher King. Yeah, I don't think it's as well known with our generation. No, uh, it's a Terry Gilliam film, it's very much a Terry Gilliam film, it's the... it's. One of the only rare Terry Gilliam films with a happy ending. And, you know, it has Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams plays a bum. And uh, it's it's a drama comedy. It's a dramedy. I won't give away de- plot details, but it's... it's I hesitate to call it a happy film, but it kind of is. You know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a love life film. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's a drama, but it's a, it's it's a really you know love life film. Yeah, so it's probably a good one to watch right now. Yeah, that that's probably a good idea. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. You know, so I recommend mm-hmm. uh, just just watching that as soon as you can. I'm sure viewings of that one have probably shot up. Because will it will make you feel good by the end of it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. It's, we could probably, with 102 credits, we could probably spend all day listing <laughs> yeah. the, the work the guy did that was great. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's, God, he was 63. That means he had at minimum a decade of work ahead of him. He had a you know, large body of work, but we really lost something yesterday. Yeah. He, uh, he has a few more films in the offing. Uh, a, a pretty well-received film out of Sundance, uh, Boulevard, is seeking a distributor, and tragically, we'll probably find one quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is supposed to be first-rate. Um, I've heard very good things about it. He has Night at the Museum 3 coming. He does. He's Teddy Roosevelt. There's, he has a film called Merry Friggin' Christmas. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then another film, Absolutely Anything, where he voices Dennis the Dog. Yeah, that's, that's his last listed credit. I mean, these are these are the credits in the gun to come. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know. We'll, we will see how they go. Uh, but I don't know. This one just again, this one hurts. This hit hard. I'm I hate to say, but this almost hits harder than Philip Seymour Hoffman. I have to be honest. I think it does. Yeah, not because that, not that we're comparing. Because Jesus, that's also no. Yeah, we're not trying to uh, do that. But no, we have we have to acknowledge how much Williams. Mm-hmm. That's just it. At the end of the day, we were all raised on his work, and yeah, the the thought that he's not going to be doing anymore really hurts. Yeah, I think uh, I some I remember somebody last year when Ebert died said, I think it might have been Patton Oswalt, um, he said, uh, we are now going to live in a world without Roger Ebert, and that disturbs me. I think I can say the same with Robin Williams. Absolutely. I've seen several statements to that effect, and yeah. I agree. Yeah. This just sucks. It does. I, I, I don't want to, to dwell on the cause of the man's death. No. But we, I, it has to be addressed. Yeah. To all who are suffering from depression, do your best to find help. 
And to all who know someone who's suffering from depression, do your best to be there. The great tragedy of this is that Williams did seek help. And he fought his demons. And I, I, I don't know what else to say beyond just be there. Just be there. I'll be there for each other. And I mean, because I don't know what else I can say, but I, I make no secret of my issues that I fought. Um, I mean, I have an entire blog devoted to them, and it, it, it hits me. I, we don't understand depression. We don't have any idea how it really works. We don't know what, you know, there, there's not some magic bullet. There's not something that can be done to stop it, but. Yeah. I also have to recommend if you really want a good piece on depression that is at simultaneously fun to read and at the same time fascinating, at the same time really scary, hit up Hyperbole and a Half. There's a there's a great two-part yeah, where Ali Brosh, uh, the first part she wrote kind of in the midst of it, and then she took, uh, I think, an 18-month hiatus. Yes, she did. And then she came back after it started breaking up a bit and wrote this brilliant blog entry on exactly what she went through and exactly what it's like. And it is it is a great read. It is. It is. I read it yesterday. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah, we'll post that. But Jesus. Yeah. I think I want to close out uh, this episode with uh, a little tidbit from his daughter, uh, who whom he named after Zelda, the character uh, from the video game, which is a fact that I quite enjoy. Uh, Williams was a notorious gamer. Yeah, apparently he played World of Warcraft. Oh man, <laughs> which is amazing. I would I would love to uh, when I played like a few years back. I would love to have run into the guy. <laughs> You 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 wonder to me him doing that would justify Xbox Live existing. It would just because you know that would have been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure there are gamers who will come out with stories. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. But um, yeah, the uh, Zelda Williams on her Twitter, not 13 hours ago, writes a quote: "You you alone will have the stars as no one else has them." In one of the stars I shall be living, and one of them I shall be laughing. And so it will be as if all the stars were laughing. And when you look at the sky at night, you, only you, will have stars that can laugh. Antoine de saint degree. And then below it's a note, I love you, I miss you, I'll try to keep looking up. Z. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thanks for the memories, I suppose, is the best way to go out. Thank you, Robin Williams. The performances live on. Yeah. I may be going out on a limb here, but you don't seem like a happy camper. Did you ever hear the story of the Fisher King? No. It begins with the king as a boy, having to spend the night alone in the forest to prove his courage so he can become king. Now, while he's spending that alone, he's visited by a sacred vision. Out of the fire appears the Holy Grail, symbol of God's divine grace. And a voice said to the boy, you shall be keeper of the Grail so that it may heal the hearts of men. 
But the boy was blinded by greater visions of a life filled with power and glory and beauty. And in this state of radical amazement, he felt for a brief moment not like a boy, but invincible, like God. So he reached in the fire to take the grail, and the grail vanished, leaving him with his hand in the fire to be terribly wounded. Now, as this boy grew older, his wound grew deeper, until one day, life for him lost its reason. He had no faith in any man, not even himself. He couldn't love or feel loved. He was sick with experience. He began to die. One day, a fool wandered into the castle and found the king alone. Now, being a fool, he was simple-minded. He didn't see a king. He only saw a man alone and in pain. And he asked the king, what ails you, friend? The king replied, I'm thirsty. I, I need some water to cool my throat. So the fool took a cup from beside his bed, filled it with water, and handed it to the king. And as the king began to drink, he realized his wound was healed. He looked in his hands, and there was the Holy Grail, that which he sought all of his life. He turned to the fool and said with amazement, how could you find that which my brightest and bravest could not? The fool replied, I don't know. I only knew that you were thirsty. It's very beautiful, isn't it? <laughs>